The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Silver Bells Murders, the unofficial American Gothic internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Friday, June 24th, 2016, and I'm your host, Mike. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of CBS American Gothic. Please welcome my co-host, Ava Stark. Hey everyone, I'm excited to talk about this episode. Glad to have you. Jess. Hi, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Nice. Poppy Chulo. I'm super excited to chat with everyone about the episode. Hey, listeners. Welcome, uh, potential Silver Bells killers. Yeah, that's right. And last but definitely not least, Samantha Hoover. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to chat with you about this episode. All right, all right. So let's jump into our recap of Season 1, Episode 1, titled Arrangement in Gray and Black. And it was aired June twenty second, 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. A prominent Boston family reels in the wake of the chilling discovery that someone in their midst is linked to an infamous string of murders. After 14 years, the case of the Silver Bells killer is reopened and the Hawthorne family find themselves wondering if one of their own could be behind the grisly killings that rocked the city of Boston. As shocking secrets from the past and present are revealed, their mounting suspicion and paranoia that one of them is a killer threatens to tear the family apart. So, before I get everyone's initial reaction... Gonna go ahead and talk about the ratings real quick on its premiere. It actually was shown on TVLine.com that it was 3.5 million with a 0.7 in the demographs. So, now that I got the ratings out of the way, I want everyone's initial reaction to the very first episode of American Gothic. We'll start off with Jess. What was your initial reaction? My initial reaction was excitement, first of all, because I've been looking for a good new mystery series to kind of keep me in suspense. It's weird because like, I love series like this, but I also like can't watch them by myself in the dark because I will (laughs) legitimately piss myself and my poor dog. He has to like sit there on the couch while I maul the crap out of him with my hugs because I'm scared. But um, 
No, I thought that this premiere was very, very strong. However, I do think that when all is said and done, there was something that was missing from it. And I'm, I'm not quite sure what it was, but it was just lacking a certain punch for me. And I'm sure it will get better as time goes on. But so far, I really like what I've seen. It's just not like instant classic status for me yet, but I'm sure it will be. But it was a very strong premiere. Yeah, I definitely get where you're coming from. And Ava, what, what was your initial reaction? Well, I didn't at first i was like what the hell just happened but <laughs> as i was watching the show um one of the actors who plays the detective his name is elliot knight who also uh was in once upon a time he is a sweetie he's so cute so i was so excited <laughs> seeing him uh but yeah my when i finished watching the episode i was like what what what's going on here i was very confused in the beginning but Hopefully the show will kind of, I mean, it, it is a suspense show, so I won't expect anything clear coming my way, but we shall see. Right, you're kind of hoping that it would shed light as the series progresses. Yeah. I get you, I get you. What about you, Samantha? What was your initial reaction to the episode? At first, I was very intrigued by the Hawthorne family. They were like this really high-class family. They seemed like perfect. And then mm -hmm. um, the tunnel collision happened, and everything just kind of started falling apart. And I was like, wow, that was like a really bad assumption on my part. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and then their son, Jack, really resonated with me. Like, he was just the most creepiest little kid I've ever seen. Like, he's, he's like, look at this dead body I drew. Look at this dismembered cat. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't know where this comes from, but, like, I, they all know something, and it's just, like, I don't know if that's what Jess was saying was missing, maybe. It just felt like something was off. Like, it was too Yeah, that something was, like, a little, something wasn't, there, or something wasn't really clicking. Like, yeah. it just felt awkward. Yeah, it was perfectly awkward, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And what about you, Poppy Chulo? I loved it. I'm here for it. Uh, we've got a bunch of batshit crazy, nutsy cuckoo Hawthorns, and I love it. We got horny Hawthorns. We've got potentially murderous Hawthorns. We got really creepy Hawthorns. I'm here for it. You know, I judge summer series very differently than I do uh, series that, you know, typically are airing from like early fall to like late spring. Summer series are supposed to be campy. They're supposed to be almost like a trashy beach novel. And I got everything beach novel. I that I that in a while. I, I know I got everything that I wanted from uh, American Gothic. You know, there was the horny couple. There was the murderous couple. There's creepy <laughs> children. I'm here for it. Nice. And I think my initial reaction was it pretty much got me intrigued. It got me intrigued because uh, kind of like how it was mentioned where the family itself it seems really interesting. They're, to me, I don't feel like they're all that plain. I feel like they each have a distinct characteristic about them that makes them unique in their own way. And I think the little kid is what kind of struck me as odd. Like, why, why is this kid thinking like this? Why is this? Why is he being like this? Like, it kind of just made me feel really awkward. because He just needs a hug. I, no, I mean, he doesn't. He needs to go in psych. No, he needs to go. Oh, my God. Yeah, he needs a really that little shit. warm embrace with a straight jacket. Something like that. He yes. was cute. He's misunderstood. 
Okay, we're going to Poppy. No, anyway. He could have cast Tail Off. Did y'all forget that? Oh gosh, there's a revolt. I guess your definition of cute is definitely different than mine, for sure. And before we get into a thorough recap into that, here are a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. Follow the show on Tumblr at thesilverbellsmurders.tumblr.com. Follow the station on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course Tumblr at Poppy Chula Radio. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or maybe even concerns? Email us via contact at PoppyChuloRadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or maybe even a blog contributor? Email Talon at PoppyChuloRadio.com. You can binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And search for The Silver Bells Murders through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. New episodes are available to download on Fridays throughout the summer. Let's go ahead and dive right in. So, in the beginning of the episode, we kind of see, you know, a couple driving, pretty much driving on their way to their parents' house, which we can assume... And then we notice that the ceiling part of the highway down below just suddenly just snaps and crashes bits and pieces of it. I don't know. If, I don't know if it was just me or at first I thought it was them. I don't know why. At first I thought so. Yeah, I'm like, me too. Wow. Okay, okay, good. I thought it was literally just me. I thought it was literally like, oh, okay, they're already going to start with the murders. Oh, okay, that that's cool. That would have been interesting, but I'm kind of glad it didn't because I think I thought that would have been kind of weird. Yes, so it's what they call a misdirect. Right, it was a huge misdirect for me. I was like, um, what? <laughs> like these two just suddenly appear and you think, oh, okay, they're, you know, part of the entire, you know, cast, the main cast, and oh, they're dead. Oh, okay, that's cool. I thought that was really funny. So as we speed up through, we kind of notice that we go into the Hawthorne's residence. And one of the first things that's noticed is that the mother you notice that the mother which you can kind of tell based on her features and everything she's looking at pictures uh up on the second floor and by the stairs and she takes a picture down and she decides to put another one up and her husband comes up to her and says you know are why are you taking a picture down of garrett he mentions the name of garrett so it's understood that garrett is a part of the family could be a son or whatever assuming that you're still looking at the episode and then he says that he's part of the family. So what was y'all's initial thought process behind her switching the pictures, doing all that, making the house presentable in that fashion? I thought that once um, we saw who he was, that he was the disgraced family member, that there was someone, I think that word was used. I notably saw that his mom and him had tension. It was pretty bad, so besides whatever happened there that we don't know about yet, his mom just really did not like him coming back after 14 years. Right. They thought it was kind of interesting or kind of out of the blue for him to come out of nowhere, but we'll go ahead and get into that later on. So as the story progresses, we notice that one of the daughters shows up with her family, and she shows up with her campaign manager named Naomi, and Allison, and then during that time, we start to know a little bit more how Allison's presence is. Did y'all get any type of vibes from Allison, or were you kind of just like, oh, okay, it's one of the daughters, there's nothing really special about it? 
what was y'all's initial reaction to Allison? She seemed very type A. She seems to be the type of person that's in control of things. And uh, she's there gathering the family together because she's trying to make a run for mayor. And, uh, you know, she needs to get everyone on board to make sure that they're the perfect family because of the media and photo ops and all that kind of stuff. So it looked so look more like she the fact that she was dressed very professional, but it seemed like she needed to understand that she's in control and that she understands everything that's going on. Yeah, she seems I would say she's the boss of uh, the uh, the siblings. She seems to be the one that like there, the we, go, boss. there we go. Boss of the siblings that, <laughs> pre- that pretty much nails it for her. That was my that was my reaction towards her too. the fact that she came off very proper, very uh, kind of like alpha dog ish in the way where she's wanted to showcase that she understands everything that's going on and she's the one that has control of everything that's going about but the only fact that she has a campaign manager to make sure that everything goes smoothly as possible for her to win the election for her to be mayor so then as we move on a little bit more we kind of notice that cam which is one of uh one of the brothers is greeted by Allison greets her, and we notice that she looks at his arm and says, well, you look good. So it's kind of understood that Cam was some sort of a drug user or he used previously, and she kind of wanted to make sure that he was in control as well. Kind of like what you had mentioned, where she wanted to make sure that she understands everything that's going on, that nothing is going to blindside her. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he had, you could tell as far as where the camera was showing on her arm that on his arm that well okay he was a drug user so when cam kind of shows up what did you, did anybody get a feel of how cam was as an individual or what did y'all think of him just Wait. a typical someone who used drugs just like a typical druggie mm-hmm. junkie junkie there we go what about you jess honestly like seeing the first two siblings, I mean, when they first mentioned Garrett, I honest to God thought he was like a disgrace in a different way. I thought he was like the father's illegitimate son or something like that. And so the mother was really upset at having to display him and be like, yeah, I guess he's part of our family sort of shit. And then the daughter seemed kind of like she was trying to make up for everybody else's faults like the older daughter whose name i'm forgetting right now allison yes there you go she seemed like she was trying to make up for everyone else's faults and so when the other brother showed up it was kind of expected that he would kind of be a a screw up and i think that's a little bit of the problem that i have with this series because so far all we've seen is that they are very much stereotypical character molds. There's nothing that really sets them apart from, you know, a cookie-cutter version of that same character that we've already seen a million times. Yeah, that makes sense. Considering that it it doesn't give a special taste towards a specific character. Like, they're the typical profile that you would potentially see. So I, I can see where you're coming from. Yes, but, but Jack just... 
threw me right off. <laughs> and you see, that's the part that I kind of want to get into just a little bit. Jess uh, is our version of Jack. What? <laughs> I highly doubt that. Oh my god. I'm just, someone help me with words to help Jess's case. Yeah. Anybody? No. There's no me. defense. I was about to say, I am trying really hard to defend her right now. I'm sorry, Jess. I'll, I'll come up with more better words for you later. I promise. So that's the part I actually kind of want to get into. So as it speeds up through, we kind of notice Tess comes into with her husband. And they're all sitting in, I guess, a living room where it's the parents, Allison, uh, Tess, Cam, and Brady. We notice that uh, Naomi then decides to have a little bit of a meaning to show to rem- to remind them that they need to appeal to the middle class to be able to showcase that they understand what it means to be middle class to make sure that they appeal to the audience to appeal to everybody. So she go so they decide to showcase that well we do know what it means to be middle class. The fact that Tess is a school teacher, Brady is a cop which he got promoted to detective and cam is an illustrator who you know draws and illustrates for newspaper articles and then cam's son uh gets asked by naomi if oh is that what you want to do too and he makes the remark saying that he wants to be a medical examiner that he really really want is excited for autopsies so we notice that the entire family is literally silenced. They are completely shocked and they don't know how to deal with this type of answer coming from this child. And Cam kind of throws in a little bit of humor like, oh, it's just a phase, you know, it's nothing, you know, nothing too serious. So when when y'all heard that first remark coming from Jack, Cam's son... What did you think of the son? He's got some problems. You think he's got some problems? Yes, instantly. (laughs) I was like, okay, he's off. Oh my gosh. As soon as he, like, said that, the echoey, eerie um, rendition of Something's Wrong with Jack by Sparkle Horse just started playing in my head. And every time <laughs> that he would po- pop up on the screen, I would get Sparkle Horse's Something's Wrong with Jack. What a creepy little... <laughs> yeah, when he said <laughs> medical examiner, it was as if it echoed through the house. Like, medical examiner, 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 examiner. <laughs> and then everybody is just... Ten, I think? Yeah, I, I, I thought he was maybe like 10, maybe 11, but I don't know if this was shocking or if you guys thought this was shocking. The fact that the way that he, that he was able to articulate his answer and explain why he wants to choose that profession and he said it so intelligently kind of threw me in for a loop because he seemed, he seemed to answer in such a mature way, but it just seemed so awkward coming from... A child who you would you would think that somebody at around his age would be more into video games, action figures, something that we find average or normal towards his age. But Plenty of psychopaths talk age. normally. Thank you, Papi Chulo. Oh, he's just so wrong on so many levels. And like I, I think the family knows that. Like I think, think that so? they're I think they're covering up for him because this kind of behavior, like the way he acts and reacts to situations, 
I'm sure you're going to get into that later on in the episode, but the way that he, you know, deals with the world around him, his family has to know, and I'm sure that they're protecting him or like brushing it off or trying to be like, oh, you know, he's bright for his age. He's just odd. No, your kid is just Satan, okay? Something's wrong with Jack. Well, either they know or they're so stuck in their own lunacy and like the drama in their own lives that they just don't even notice it. You know what? It reminds yeah. me of of that show. Um, it was canceled, but The Family that was on a while ago. Oh, uh, yes. The, the family dynamic almost completely reminds me of that one. Like the mother is trying to be a politician. She's got all these things going on and the middle son is clearly not right in the head and all of these things are happening and they surface level. They're a very nice, typical, average looking family. But when you open the door and you actually spend some time with them, they have a lot of fractures and a lot of cracks and a lot of broken places. And I don't think that they relate to each other properly. And I don't know if that was like an intentional thing for the series to start off with, or if, you know, they're just not 10 out of 10 comfortable with each other yet. I have a theory about Jack, actually. As a young child, he might have seen something involving like maybe an autopsy or like a body maybe in, in the house. Yeah, because, you know, kids just say the darnest things, right? And why would he be able <laughs> they to... They really, really do. Honestly, and, and especially Jack. So does especially Jack. Especially Jack. Um, I'm not a child! Oh, that's true, though. <laughs> but his drawings are so articulate. Like, oh, here's my grandfather on a deathbed. And here's this guy being strangled. Here's this cat being dismembered, which he kind of took part in later in the episode when he cut the tail off. So yeah, I think he might have seen something and the family's trying to like brush it off saying, oh, he's just a kid, this is just a phase. But they really don't want anyone else to know that he saw something. Hmm, that's a really interesting theory considering that he kind of picked that profession. I mean, it would seem logical of anything. So, but we're gonna go in and get into that a little bit later on. But actually, it's a really good, really good theory. I'm really impressed with that. So we kind of go with later on where uh allison gets a call and she gets a phone call and it's she gets uh news about the incident that happened on the expressway where the ceiling collapsed uh, on bits and pieces of the expressway but they kind of noticed that that the cement or the part of the structure was part of the hawthorne company the concrete company in which they established so allison decides to say that well this you know might be an issue the fact that my fault you know the fact that the hawthorne company is a part of that that this might come back and definitely hurt her position running for mayor but we do find out in that incident that a belt was found at the scene that belonged to one of the victims from the silver bells murder and that it was still on the victim that apparently DNA prints were found on the belt so that it could be the potential murder weapon that the Silver Bells murder had. Dun dun dun. Dun dun is right. So we so totally hopping over Tessa and Brady having sex in uh, the uh, supply closet. <laughs> Damn, you really want to talk about this? Yeah, and you see, and I was yeah, trying what? to like. See and she was like, that. "Someone's coming," and he's like, "Not yet, not yet." <laughs> <laughs> you would be the one to remember that. 
Right. It's like the line of the episode. I was just going to say, I bet you it was his favorite part. I bet you anything that is what he was going to (sighs) remember. Well, (laughs) I was like, they went there. Since we decided to go there, what did you guys think of the, I always say, the couple that really wanted to go out there and just do it? So what did you guys think of them doing it there, trying to do it there? I don't care how horny you are. I don't care how much you're ovulating. You are not banging in your parents' house when they can catch you. That's not classy. Why not? Or it's classy with a K. Why not? Bang near the food. Wait, so you've done it, Jess? No, I'm just saying. I totally would. If the opportunity arose and there's food right there... You get your exercise and you get your gums. And you all sweat. You have two different kinds of protein. Rehydrate. Orange juice. Oh my god. Or at least you have more than two people involved. But I'm just saying. Jess, are you talking about orgies in the kitchen? (laughs) I might be. No, I mean, like, good for her because she did mention, like, she has that app on her phone that tracks her ovulation cycle. So for me, that led to, like, that it's on her phone. The, you know, (laughs) I I, I don't know if it's just me, but I kind of find that a little odd. There's an app for everything. There's, you can track your period and everything with your cell phone. Like, it's so revolutionary. You no longer have to play Russian roulette with your good underwear. Well, well, Jess, I also track your period. (laughs) Oh my god. I can't with you people today. <laughs> Audience, I completely apologize for this uh, sex ed. If they're going to throw in a sex scene, might as well do one Let's where you could get caught by your similar. parents. More interested in the snacks that they were holding. Oh my gosh. What kind of snacks were those? Like, inquiring minds need to know. We'll go ahead and let you decide what those snacks were, Jess. But in any case... They should have had the- Twinkies. Right? They should have had that. So we kind of know, we go ahead and find out that the belt itself that was found inside the concrete has DNA prints on it. That it's potentially a murder weapon. Mind you, the news reported that the Silver Bell's murder killed six people and left no trace of evidence except a small Silver Bell in each of the crime murders that happened between 1999 and 2002. So... What did you guys think of them finding the belt? Do you think that it was kind of odd that it was a belt inside a concrete, or did you did it made you did it give anybody any theories as to maybe how the belt got in there, or what do you guys think? Well, because we were introduced to this family, I was like, okay, it's someone in the family. I mean, it's it's their concrete, it's their construction job. They there has to be a connection. It, it was immediately, you know a uh, sort of like alert for me to be like, okay, now I have to be suspicious of this family. So because you saw that the murder weapon was inside that you kind of immediately believe that it's somebody in the family? You don't think they could have been framed or they could have been the target for it? Well, since we were introduced to the family, I mean, it just, to me, it just immediately pointed to the family. It just was like, okay, these people are now officially suspicious in my eyes. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Did anybody else get the same type of feeling, or did they think something else? I think someone's body maybe decayed. Someone threw the murder weapon in there with the body, and then, like, someone just laid concrete over it. Like, that's what I thought anyways. But, yeah, they're definitely suspicious for sure. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, during that time, we see Allison uh, making a speech about the case itself and the fact that they found a murder weapon, and she decides to say, you know, that... We'll get through this, you know, 
the you know we'll be fine but then we notice that the that their father collapses he has a heart attack and that's when when he gets sent off we kind of notice that Tess decides to say you know what that we should tell our brother Garrett that you know he should know he's our brother and it's his father so then the mother kind of states that well if he really wanted to come back then he wouldn't have uh he would have given a an address and he wouldn't gone off the grid so you guys had mentioned that it was kind of interesting that the mother kind of didn't have a relationship with her with one of her sons i mean the fact that it's one of her sons so some so we kind of get the feeling that something must have happened before he left or something because she kind of just says you know what well if he really wanted to be here he would be here or he wouldn't have gone off the grid or anything like that so do you guys do you guys think that 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 little part when she had stated you know he wouldn't have gone off the grid or anything like that do you think overall it might have something to do with the with the forwarding of the plot do you think that plays a very vital role or do you think it was kind of like a filler like a little extra drama since this is the first episode for me at least like mm-hmm. i was following all the clues like when the father collapsed because of the heart attack i was like oh, okay he had a heart attack because they're talking about the killer so he must be the killer but then when <laughs> we were introduced to the clue of the son who's kind of like the black sheep that uh, vanished but that he he sort of like left the compound because he left the compound on his own accord and uh, decided to estrange himself from the family i was like okay Maybe he's suspicious because why was he gone all this time and why did his leaving of the family have to coincide with when the Silver Bells killer like committed his last strangulation? Right. So you kind of so you kind of felt that it was kind of strange or odd that he would suddenly just come into the picture. Kind Correct. Of and this is the pilot. They're they're dropping a lot right. of red herrings because they're not going to tell us who the killer is in of the first course. episode. Oh, but it makes it interesting because it's like, okay, so I got my eye on you. I've got my other eye on you. I've got one of my eyes on my back on you, and then I've got the other eye in my back on you. So, so I'm it, looking everywhere. So it was more on the premise of opening the doors to possible theories and to possible speculation. What they were trying to do as far as this particular episode that we'll go ahead and go into a little bit more detail exactly i've also got my eye on jess because i have a feeling that she somehow is in the show something's wrong with jess (laughs) something's gotta be wrong with jess but for real though i um i thought the older brother i was like you know what like i was suspicious of him for like two seconds and then i was like you know what garrett you fucking go he probably saw how dysfunctional and weird his family was. Oh my gosh, you're like, save your life. And was like, I need to get out of here. I'm leaving. Fuck these people and their weird, creepy serial killerness. I'm going to go live in the woods or something. It's going to be more normal than what I experience here. So I felt real sympathy for him. And I wanted to like stroke his hair and feed him meatballs. Is that weird? Yes. The meatball, yes. The stroking of the hair, eh, I mean, he's got a good beard, so I, I can see why. But Facial hair freaks me out, so no, just, just the hair. Oh, just the hair. 
Gotcha. I'll definitely write that, write that memo <laughs> down. The hunting knife, though, that was that took some balls, man. Right? I'd be scared to let that go near my face, let alone, you know, facial hair. <laughs> so you did bring up a really interesting point where the fact that, you know, some people would believe, well, it's kind of suspicious that he decides to come back now when this incident happens. But then... The flip side to that would be, well, maybe he wanted to get away from the family. The fact that they have some sort of dark secret that he knows about that he just did not want to be a part of. But he didn't want to tell anyone about it because he felt that it wasn't really his place to say anything. So you do bring up a really good, you know, possible point where maybe he maybe he just didn't like what was going on. and He wanted to get away, get away have no contact with anyone so you make a really good point there so then in the hospital we kind of notice that cam's ex well soon to be ex assuming you know because they're trying to get a divorce and everything that she comes back sophia who is the mother of jack and cam and sophia talk for a little bit and say you know sophia says you know what i you know hopefully we can work this out you know i'm here for you and Cam says, no, you know, I really shouldn't, you know. She I, seemed like a lovely, respectable woman. Oh, yes, definitely. Because she definitely gave me that impression. So we kind of know, we kind of get this impression that, well, she's definitely had something to do with or was a part of Cam being a drug user. Because earlier in the episode, it was mentioned by Allison to Naomi that well which which is her campaign manager tells her that well the fact that Cam has been clean for at least a year and Sophia is quote either always on something within at least within five minutes we kind of get the impression of what Jack's parents are so do you think so do you guys think that because of the way Jack's Jack is is relative towards the way Cam and Sophia are, since he's considerably half of both of them. Absolutely. Right? With the, with the drug use, and then Sophia was off. <laughs> Sophia was off. Yeah, she was definitely off. Like, Cam was a little well, more... Well, to be good. honest, everyone's a little off. A little, except yeah. for Tessa. Nice. Okay. Her, Sam, you're like, she was a little off. She was off her rocker fucking nuts. But yeah, she Oh was my off. god, Jess. <laughs> I compartmentalize that because she's off in the sense that she's using drugs. Everyone else is just kind of insane. She's that, kind of that, a little less Hashtag insane. accurate. Yeah. We haven't really gotten to see much of her, so I wonder if, like, there's something darker. But also, like, is this show kind of suggesting, you know, a genetic predisposition towards being evil? Or is it grappling with the moral question of whether monsters are born or made? Well, it kinda, well, I mean, it kind of depends because we're going off of this preconception that, well, the way that Jax presents himself is due to, like how it was mentioned earlier, a theory. Well, maybe he may have been exposed to something in his environment that made him turn out that way. Or was he really, truly born this way? And it just so happens that he just shows a more prominent side of it due to the people that he's with. Well, Lady so, Gaga would say he was born that way. <laughs> I, <see. laughs> I think she was fighting for a different kind of good. This is like the chaotic good. Yeah. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> true. 
So moving on just a little bit, we kind we speed up a little bit, and the family uh, decides to say, you know what, mom is going to stay here at the hospital, uh, Margaret, and the kids decide, you know what, we'll go ahead and stay at the house for a few days, you know, just in case, and uh, Allison decides to opt out and say, uh, I'd rather just go sleep in my place. So like we, so it speeds forward, uh, and we notice that they are at the house. We notice that Tess looks outside. I guess you can say it's maybe like a shed or like a garage or something connected to the house. And she goes outside and she finds Cam snooping around in the shed. I guess that's what I'm going to call it. I'll call it a shed. And notices that he has a stash of drugs. And at first he tells her it's just weed. And he's, she says, well, really? Is it really just, you know, that? And he says, no, it's not just weed. You know, it's other stuff. Whatever you guys want to decide to postulate on that, it's really up to you. But we all know that it's drugs. So she tells him that she's not here to judge. That she's there for her support and that if she wants, we can find the drugs and we'll throw them away together. You know, she says that I'm not like Allison. She brings up Allison and says, you know, I'm not going to judge you. I'm not going to get upset with you. I'm not going to be like Allison. Mm -hmm. Boss bitch. Right. So we now we kind of get a sense of her personality coming from a different source instead of our own subjective viewpoint. We now know, especially from Tess's account, that Allison tends to be very abrupt, that she tends to be in your face, questioning everything you do and making sure that you're in line with according to what she believes is right. So... We notice that also that they decide to say, you know what, let's go and look for the drugs and see if we can find them and we can throw them away. But Tess finds a box full of what? What does she find, Jess? Death! Oh my gosh. <laughs> it was a box of Jack's drawings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> death. Death everywhere. Death! Well, you could say it's death in a box. She finds the soup. <laughs> you could say it's death in a box. I think Justin like, Timberlake uh, made a song about that. Really? No, no it was right death. Now. Wait, that's a real song? I thought that was just a, an internet meme. Oh my god. Saturday Night Live. Wow. You people are killing me. But yes, no, silver ba- bells, very creepy. Bears. <laughs> silver bears. Aw, <laughs> silver bears. I thought of that too. <laughs> right? I thought it was uh, silver. No, no, sweetie. It's bells, not. <laughs> Gosh, no. we're more dysfunctional than the Hawthorns. Something like that. But we also, we kind of get this feeling that, well, something else is also in the box too. We noticed that it's the newspaper <laughs> of the very first drawing that was there. So, before I move on further... Well, it was, it was a newspaper clipping with um, Cam, one of Cam's drawings. Right, with one of Cam's drawings. So that's how they figured that, you know, this can't be something that was just, like, willy-nilly placed here. This has to have always been here, you know, with us, you know, with the family. So, what did it make you feel, or what did it make you believe something, or did it further develop the theory that you have already? I thought it was Cam. I was like, you... he is the killer. <gasps> but you thought it was then, Cam? yeah, because I mean, 
the way he acted, I was like, uh, this guy is suspicious. I mean, he I says know. he's there you, like, for his drugs. You have to look drugs. at all their faces, right? Yeah, like their fa- their expressions are really good. Like I have to give it to those actors. Uh, but then I'm like, as the story continued, I was like, uh, is it really him? What? This is really like one of those board games who done it. Yeah, this is like real life Clue. Yeah. Except with a very dysfunctional family and a couple that just wants to have sex in their parents' house. Yeah, definitely. Well, that too. Right? Actually, Miss Scarlet was horny. <laughs> True. I didn't think it was Cam at all. I just didn't get that vibe from him. I know he was like looking for his drugs. That was what he was focused on. But then he found the bells and he was just like, hmm, interesting. I think they mentioned actually, but I kind of thought this. Maybe they got the house from the killer. Does that make sense? Because why are there like 10 plus bells and then there's like the exact clipping of newspaper? Like there's a lot of, it's not just one bell, there's like 10 or 12 there. Yeah, there was like 12 to like 14 bells and you can tell that they, the bells had been used because you'll notice at the end of the box, they were in a, in a row, but then the row started messing up as far as like, as if somebody had taken them out to use them. That's what it looked like as opposed to... Uh, Tess hitting the box when she was looking for it and noticed that they were there. But it didn't look like it was moved like that. It looked like it was actually moved where somebody was picking them one by one. In any event, when we move on a little bit further, we notice that uh, Cam's son, Jack, actually shows his father a drawing of his grandfather, of Cam's father, what he would look like if he was dead. As opposed if he had suffered death from his ailment. And then he shows another picture describing a victim of one of the Silver Bells' victims. And then he decides to say that he was fascinated because he thought that uh, that the vic- that he decides to say that, you know what, the, it's interesting because the, vic- the strangulation on the victim showed that and then Cam cuts him off. So when uh, Jack stated was going to state something interesting about the victim, what was y'all's initial reaction on Jack? The fact that he had those drawings, the fact that he was going to explain about the strangulation of a victim. I was like, first of all, a 10 year old cannot draw like that. Like, give me a break. (laughs) He also had a, a drawing of a disembowelment. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, right after. That's right. He had a picture Seriously? of a disembowelment. He's and he been watching it, Seven too much. And he even stated in a cheerful way, that's when all the guts come out. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, my God. What am I watching? This is like a Chucky movie. Animal Just <laughs> make those kinds of drawings. Oh, my I, God. I Jeff. wish. I mean, not. I wish. <laughs> oh, my God. I wish. Jesus, man. <laughs> not specifically those kinds of drawings. Maybe of like unicorns. With, yes, with that level of getting talent, disemboweled. Right now, no, no unicorn disembowelment. Unicorns are magical, and you don't deserve them. <gasps> you don't deserve them, Poppy. Don't you don't deserve, deserve them. them. But anyway, um, he has a lot of talent and aptitude as an artist, which makes me wonder, like how advanced he is in comparison to his peers and whether or not his parents have ever thought hey maybe we should like send him to a behavioral analyst or or somewhere that can kind of you know 
moderate his skills and kind of judge whether or not he needs, at, at the very least, advanced placement and extra help with things like social skills and fitting in and like what's average for a child of, of Jack's caliber because you see it when he's interacting with um, Allison's twins at the hospital he's just not very impressed by the fact that they're squirming around on the floor like basic peasants. Well he's got like OCD he's germophobic He's he definitely is a very advanced for his age. Was very, it a good or a bad thing? He described bacteria as microbes. He, yeah, yeah, he called them microbes. And, he, and, mind <laughs> and I have a degree in biology, and even then, that, that was kind of interesting that a 10-year-old were to state what was there. Yeah. It was really odd. I'm not surprised by his drawing talent, because his father's a comic strip artist. So... You know he's a professional artist. He, you know, he's a professional drawer, and we saw his drawing on that um, newspaper clipping of uh, the Silver Bells Killer. So that was like at least fourteen to fifteen to sixteen years ago. So that would have put him about ten years old himself when he drew. So I could see, you know, the artist gene sort of passing from father to son. I know who Jack is. He grows up and adapts the name Hannibal Lecter. That's it. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. So this is a yeah. Hannibal prequel. Yes. 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 Since the NBC so really cut off after three years, not even. <laughs> Terrible, right? I'm still I'm still better. It's been like three years. Anyway. <laughs> so the neighbor decides to come by and talk about that his that her cat is missing caramel. And she that, was awkward. Right, but I feel oh, her pain. Yeah. Although I'm not a cat person, I'm a dog person. <laughs> I'm not a cat person. But she was awkward. She was just like, uh, "Have you seen caramel? You know, it's caramel colored caramel, caramel." And then when she came back, and she was like, "These are drawings. Like, please put them up. Bye." Oh I was like, "That's that's like God. the weird neighbor that you don't want to talk like, to on a daily basis." This is like the neighbor that you look out the window and you're like, is she outside? Okay, I'm not going to get the mail right now. Let me wait until she goes inside. <laughs> oh my god. Scarily accurate. The first time it was kind of funny because it was like a break from this family and their glacial awkwardness. But honestly, the second time, does she not have a TV or is she unaware of what's going on? Because I'm pretty sure at that point, like... Um, Mitch's heart attack was yeah that was weird too so it was weird that she came and like basically demanded that they give a shit about her cat and I understand that it's sad that her cat is gone but literally being able to look the matriarch in the face and be like here put these up it'll really help find my cat this is very distressing for me you shitbag! Her husband just had a heart attack! Like, what the fuck is the matter with you? I Jess, mean, tell us how you really feel. I wanted the, like, the matriarch to, like, punch her in the face really hard, just, like, in the face. But the way that she handled it with frosty elegance was very classy. Frosty I still, elegance. I still wanted her to get punched. Or kicked. I have a feeling that maybe she's, like... You know, maybe she was just very paranoid, but I think maybe she knew that the cat was, like, very close. And, you know, we later find out, yes, like, Jack took the cat. 
but you know which really blew my mind is like and then he showed the picture look i dismembered the cat and this is how i did it and whatever and i'm like okay you're like 10 go play with like chalk or something you're like, 10. like seriously Stop. but yeah she, <laughs> she doesn't know anything that's going on she doesn't know who this family is or else she wouldn't have uh, pushed her kitty agenda so so much power of the p-u-s-s-y i mean as soon as she mentioned like the cat being gone i was like you're never seeing that cat again jack has it oh my god the cat the cat is dead the cat is dead poor caramel like freaking out i was like please don't be dead please don't be dead maybe the cat's like i was i was hopeful i was cautiously optimistic i was like maybe the cat is like in some hidden corner of their massive backyard feasting on a corpse feasting on a corpse good grief can i say one thing i loved the house i thought it was such a beautiful house like if it wasn't for these people i would love to live in that house like even if they were to sell the house like i would exercise it and then i would move into the house because it's such a beautiful house it is. It's a really, really pretty house. The color scheme, everything, set up, everything is really, really well furnished and everything. With that in mind, we notice that Garrett, Tess, and Cam hitch a ride to go to the hospital in order to visit their father. And we kind of notice where, how Tess, we now, we see the sibling relationship start to unfold and as opposed to how it is or how it was back then. We noticed that Garrett and Tess are have a really good relationship. How they're able to talk with each other, and Garrett even says, "Wow, you know, how old are you even? You know, I've lost track of time." She says, "You know, I'm 27," and kind of noticed that Cam makes little snips, little comebacks. You know, really, you could tell that he's really upset with him. You know, where were you? You know, where did you go? You know, why? Really, really showcasing that their brother-to-brother relationship is strained, that it's not very good. So we kind of get this impression that it's going to play out some sort of plot or some, or it's going to develop even further later on in the show. Then when we speed up and then they go to the hospital, Garrett, mind you, Garrett hasn't seen her mother, hasn't seen his mother and hasn't seen Allison when he gets there. So when he gets there... The mother, you know, says, you know, it's good you came and she, he gives her a real big hug or whatever. And I thought that was kind of interesting because earlier in the episode, she mentioned, you know, well, if he wanted to show up, you know, he would be here. And then he often gives him a hug and appears to be sincere that he's there. And then we see Allison address Garrett. But instead of giving him a hug or anything, she asked, you know, what are you doing here? You know, not really showcasing that sympathy or that excitement that he's there to visit everybody and to, to visit their own father. And she mentioned, she simply just mentions, oh, well, I have two daughters, you know, Harper and Violet, you know, and she introduces uh, her daughters to them. And then they were kind of creepy. Yeah, I thought the daughters were a little, not as creepy as Jack, obviously, but well, they no. have their own the creepy little enough. measure of creepiness. They're so like then, the girls from The Shining. Yeah, yeah they're the girls from they're The Shining. They're not creepy, creepy, but they're... I, we're going to keep using this word. There's something off about them. And right when Garrett goes up to his father, I don't know if you guys noticed the father's expression. The father's expression when he notices that Garrett is right in front of him, it's not a sign of relief that he's there, but it was a sign of like, oh shit, he's here. 
Yeah, that was so suspicious. That was really, right? That was really, really suspicious. As he goes in to lean in, we notice that Allison asks the mother, you know, what is he doing here? You know, he decides to finally show up after all this time. So you can tell that Garrett's relationship or Garrett's actions relieving the family really causes strain in almost all of his relationships with his siblings, except for Tess, which I thought that was really interesting. As soon as Garrett and the father start speaking, the father goes into cardiac arrest. You can see from the monitor, it starts going haywire and everything. What did you guys think of that little interaction that they had in the hospital? As opposed to Garrett finally showing up, finally seeing his mother, his father, and Allison. Uh, there were a couple things that were going through my mind. I was like, number one, is he intentionally saying stuff to him? Because at that point, they like cut off what we could hear that they were talking and like they're focusing on uh, Allison talking to her mom. And I'm like, okay, is he intentionally saying something to him that's causing him to go into cardiac arrest again like what's going on like it seemed hella suspicious especially the way he was leaning in i was like is he pressing on some of the buttons like you know where are his hands like what's going on i was suspicious what about everyone else what did jess are you suspicious with me or were you entranced by his beard no no facial hair freaks me out it's a real phobia but um i didn't even realize that he had said something. I thought he like maybe slipped him something or <laughs> a like, <laughs> No. Or like maybe like pricked him with like a tiny little needle or something and it was just out of the camera's view or something like that. Cause I was like, well that's not fucking normal. But then, you know, nothing about this family is normal. You know what they remind me of? Like, in general, do you guys remember those, like, old-style China dolls with the creepy porcelain faces and the really realistic creepy eyes that would, like, follow you around the room and stare at you as you were sleeping? I think they would only follow you, Jess. (laughs) Like, the kind that are in your bedroom? I have some in my room, actually. I have little mini... The the creepy ones. Aw, shout out to Sam's Nana. That, the entire family just reminds me of a lineup of these dolls. Like, they are trying so hard to look exquisitely crafted, but really, they have no souls, and they're bound together by cheap manufacturing dates. (laughs) Oh, Jess. So after that little incident happens, we it, the story then progresses to them going back to the house there in the kitchen area. And Allison demands to know what Garrett said to their father. And he says, all I simply said was, I was glad to see him and that I loved him. So the only real true person that believes him is Tess. Tess is the only person to say, you know what? It was really nice of you to say that to him, but everybody else is a little suspicious that that's what he said before he started to have that heart attack again. And everybody decides to say, you know what, especially Cam brings up, you know, well, that that he's in a vegetative state and they all decide to contemplate his their father's condition because they don't know how how he is or, you know, they they said that he slipped into a coma and everything. So then 
speeding it up on through, uh, Brady actually tells Tess that they were able to get a DNA from it and that they're going to go ahead and check the database to see if there is a potential suspect. So do you think they will find somebody in the database or do you guys think that no, it's going to be a little bit more prolonged till they actually find some sort of concrete evidence to oh, point I see what you did there. <laughs> you did it to see if it points to somebody directly or a starting point. It's not going to be that easy. I can guarantee that right now there's 12 more episodes and it's not going to be just, oh yeah, by the way, we found these prints and then just checks out right away. It's Garrett it, or it's yeah, It Matt better not be that quick, I no. swear. Like that would be like a It's flop. Jack. <laughs> In utero, he Jack. did it. I just, I can't utero. see. Even like, even with, you know, all of that stuff at their disposal and the police wanting to solve this case, I can't see it being wrapped up neatly or even quickly because oh my goodness i'm blanking on their names right now but the detective that is brady the, brady, brady Hi. the son yeah the son-in-law to the family who's also incredibly good looking and unfortunately did not get to finish he um, oh jess he are you offering help damn no, no he's girl. married but <laughs> oh, okay yes that wouldn't be right see I'm not a totally lawless heathen. Heathens. As I was saying. I don't think that, like, okay, yes, he wants to be a good cop. He wants to get a promotion, whatever. But when he figures out that his own family is embroiled in this, supposedly embroiled in this silver bells crap, as, as far more than just, like, concerned citizens and a potential future mayor and stuff like that, I think that he will go as far as to cover it up for them because we have already seen on this episode alone how far they will all go to cover up their own dirty little secrets or just maybe like step, tread like away from them, sweep them under the rug, be like, oh, there's something wrong with Jack. Oh, I'm we can't tell anybody anything like we have to keep it quiet you know what i mean so i think he will eventually become sort of an ally for the family rather than the law oh i love a bold prediction nice that's a really good yeah it's a really good thought so moving on just a little bit further to try to close out some of the end points we kind of noticed that Tess, Cam, and Allison meet in the shed to discuss about the bells in the shed. Mind you, Tess and Cam already know about the bells, but not Allison. So when they discuss, Tess asks whether or not it could potentially be their own father. That it kind of makes, to her, it makes sense that it would be the father due to what the evidence is there. But then Cam immediately interjects and says, that, you know what, I believe it's Garrett. I just think it's kind of odd that Garrett decides to come back now when it's at the moment that all the incident that the incident starts to happen and that all the murders just literally just stopped right as soon as he left. But Allison then says, you know, that it's it can't be anybody that don't worry about it, that we'll deal with it later. You know, and she said and she kind of comes up with this point where, well, what if, you know, it word gets out that, you know, It'd be much harder for you, Tess, to get a job as a school teacher, knowing that you're related to the Silver Bells murder. And Cam, what if you're unable to 
produce <clears throat> any type of drawings or any more because they feel that you're associated or you have a you know a family member that was a silver bells murder so she says you know to leave the box alone to leave it where it's at don't move it don't do anything with it and that we'll deal with it later so how did you feel about their interaction together in the shed when it was just them three do you think do you think the interaction would be a lot more different if garrett was there or do you think garrett kind of would have just not really said anything and would have mind his own business and kind of just walk off. I think the latter because he's just kind of standoffish so far because he, I think he has a lot to say, but he's not saying anything because he's like, these people are so friggin' weird. I'm just not gonna open my mouth unless I need to. So what I also noticed though, is that Allison again is saying, Oh, you know, can we just keep this off? Like, don't tell anyone. Um, don't tell Brady, which I thought was really kind of suspicious. Um, but she kind of just brushed it off and it was like, okay, but I know your campaign's coming, but do you know something? Like, is there, like, I'm just getting paranoid, you know? I don't know. She just kind of seemed too comfortable with, like, pushing it under the rug and just leaving it. Anybody yeah, that else? was suspicious. Yeah, right. there's something wrong with this whole family. I did notice, though, that Garrett, I think the only time that Garrett would actively speak up against something like this or about something like this is if Allison was directly in trouble because of all the family members, he seems to be fond of her. Like, he even goes of out of Tess? his way. You mean Tessa? Yes, yeah, sorry, Tessa. Because he even goes out of his way to, to tell the younger sister, like, basically everybody's fucked up here, but you're not so bad. Yeah, he <laughs> basically just says, you know, if you hadn't reached out to me, I probably would have not come back. And that... They- you're okay that everyone else is you know so there's something about her where she's removed from the general chaos of the family and i think that maybe she is the only not truly good or truly noble but the only kind of sane person sane more or less morally upright character she's not perfect but at least you know she wouldn't be dragging bodies through the woods and helping people hack them up or what have you. That we know of. That, that we know of, exactly. She could be totally evil. Who knows? Speaking of evil, going on further into the episode, we see Cam actually finding his son dismembering the cat, pretty much cutting off, I believe, the tail. And he's just stunned, completely blown out surprised everything about his son doing this and the son's reply was it was just an experiment like a scientist why are you surprised like a scientist why is he surprised though like his son's a freak i'm sorry not trying to be (gasps) no exactly (laughs) he showed you drawing after drawing and you're just like oh my god why is my son actually like acting on this violence because well maybe because Cam doesn't want to, again, like how you guys had mentioned earlier, where maybe he just doesn't want to acknowledge that there's some sort of debilitating issue about his son, that maybe it's, again, like how he had mentioned, it's a phase, or the fact that, well, it's nothing really too serious. But now that this happened, you would think, okay, something is definitely off. Something is really odd going on, especially with Jack for doing that. Maybe he's just seeking attention. That's Maybe. 
Uh, what kind of attention? attention? The wrong attention from fellow attention. serial killers. Loving like attention. forty-eight hours attention, <laughs> Dateline attention. Yes, attention is attention. Even though it may not be the best Pretty. kind of attention, but attention nonetheless. Something's wrong with Jack. Right. <laughs> so then it kind of so moving on a little bit further, we see that Allison is uh, tucking in. I guess her twin daughters into bed and she notices that she says you know is talking to them normally and then one of the children asks you know why was Garrett being so mean to 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 grandpa she says no she wasn't you know she was saying you know how, how much she loved him and everything and she says no that's not what he says she says she tells her mom that quote I'm going to tell them it was you after, after hearing that, what was y'all's initial reaction? Kids what say it, the darnest things. Little that, that shit. Was my, yeah, but I actually believe them because they're small. They don't really know how to lie yet or like about those kind of big things. They don't know what's going on. I mean, or they might Jack, be psychic. They might be. Oh. They might be. I think Jack might have some prophecy too because he kind of... I don't know, his drawings. I feel like there's something there. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I think because he keeps... Sam going. Hoover has a good theories tonight yeah i'm gonna be on the roll for the next few weeks so i uh, watch out for me Ooh, all right yeah the kids like they're they're a lot younger than jack probably five or six uh if that but they just said it right clear that's not what garrett said this is what he said and i can believe that because he was kind of gripping his hand if you notice how he was leaning forward and gripping his hand when his mm-hmm. uh blood pressure started to rise like i was just like yeah that that seems more like you know hey hey old man i love you like that's not something that's gonna like put you into a coma that's too nice. <laughs> Definitely. I thought there was something was I kind of like a little curveball like, "Oh, okay." So we lied to his family saying what he really said, and then the kids go out and tell their mother that no, this is what he actually said. And to me, I thought it was a, just a little suspicious on Allison's part because Allison to me, I felt like she didn't give off the true reaction she would have gotten. She kind of just, kind of to me, kind of looked like she just sat there and she just took in the information. So possibly because she's so used to being in control that she wants to have all of the available information on hand and then be able to assess what is the best way to handle this situation. So that was my reaction. So I'm keeping a little bit of my eye on Allison, if anything. And then going on a lot of things start happening a lot of things start happening near the ending of the episode where we see that margaret is with her husband and then we also see kind of doing like little uh bits and pieces of different scenes where cam is with sophia where cam had told tess to take care of jack while he goes out and quote goes see goes and sees dad because he thinks it'll do them good and we little there was a little conversation with Cam and Sophia, and they say, you know, I Cam tells Sophia that well, I think this is wrong with Jack, and she says, well, he is half of us. That was Sophia's uh, explanation. Then we also see Tess uh, tucking in Jack into the bed, and she finds a picture of the cat on the drawing of what Jack was on his little sketchbook dismembered on the body parts kind of like the same 
the kind of like the same drawing that you would see from like the cow, like to showcase the head, the torso, and all of the different body parts. And she notices it and she feels like, whoa, that is really, really crazy. And then we also see Allison get off from her bed, goes to the couch and texts Naomi in the middle of the night saying, I can't sleep. So I thought that was a little interesting, too. Mm-hmm. The fact that she got up, she went to the couch and she texted Naomi in the middle of the night, probably some early in the morning, early, late at night. Let's be honest. Let's be honest, yeah. Let's be honest. Well, you never know. Maybe she feels more comfortable confiding with her. I'm not making any predictions just yet because it's only been one episode. So need few more, maybe one more, two more episodes to see what's going on. But then the very last scene of the episode is where it creates this weird, crazy dynamic. The father wakes up and tells Margaret, you know, I need to tell them the truth. So... He decides to tell Madeline that I need to tell them the truth. So then she then decides to say, do you need rest? Just go to sleep. You know, typical wife. Loving wife talk. Loving quote, if you want to go there. But then he decides to take to take matters into her own hands and tells him, you know, I love you and to go to sleep. And what does he do, Papi Chulo? I'll go ahead and hand it off to you on this final part. Well, he goes to sleep, but for a very long time. I've never really been in a hospital situation before, knock on wood. Um, so I, I'm assuming that the thing that she takes off his finger is is to like monitor him so that the nurses don't come in. So maybe she put it on her finger so that the heartbeat is still the same no you're right okay so then i got that right okay so that's that's what it seemed like to me and then she she's like he's like you know i can't breathe and then we see it's because she has twisted his oxygen uh, cord thing and so then he dies because he suffocates because he can't breathe and she's there looking all steely Frosty, as Jeff say. But but she sheds a tear, though. You can see crocodile tears. She sheds a tear, and that's how the episode ends. So when you guys saw that that she killed her husband, what did you guys think? She's the fucking Silver Bells killer. I just think Mitch was realizing throughout the episode, like when Allison had that press conference outside and that he was starting to like feel remorse for whatever it is that he was covering up or that he did maybe and then I think maybe Madeline noticed that and she's just like I need to end this now I need to end his life which was very drastic but I think that maybe what uh, his thought process was yeah think yeah that was uh, the extreme Hmm, interesting anybody else want to add anything Jess would you have done it (laughs) no (laughs) okay that's terrible but I don't think that she is the killer I think it's one of the kids and she's a total mama bear and she just threw her husband she threw her sperm donor onto the bus for the sake of her children so just which one of them is a creepy little murderer which one I need to know which one to take off of my Christmas card list right now Tessa 
<gasps> I liked her. Leave her alone. her alone. <laughs> She's the only one I like. I think it's the neighbor. It's that old lady. It was Caramel. Oh, it's, that poor it's Jack. Cat. Poor it's so Caramel. Jack. to joke about like that poor cat. Right it was so Jack in you. utero. It was Jack in utero. Yes. <laughs> Good oh, grief. So Madeline grief. is a bad bitch, and I hat tip to Madeline. Yeah, yeah, I tip She's it like, uh, you know, she's like the mob boss, like, you know. You know what? I know I what I gotta she do. She gotta protect the family, you know? Exactly. He, Mitch started his own, con like, his own company. I'm sure the life insurance policy was, like, major bucks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> 50 it was. million, probably. Yeah, or, or even more, yeah. Well, they, they're already rich. Oh my god, Jess. <laughs> Don't go murder people with Funko Pops. That's a terrible idea. Never do that. And if you do, don't say that you got the idea from here. So, if we had to sit down and rate the episode from 1 to 10 Silver Bells, what would you guys rate this episode, starting off this show? I'll start off with Jess. What would you rate it? 7 Silver Bells. 7? Can I ask why? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. My bad. 5. Oh God. <laughs> Did you give back two silver bells? I just took two back. I was thinking of the number seven because anyway, no, five silver bells. Love. Oh, okay. So, Why would you give it a five real quick? Um, just because it had all the promise of a great series premiere, but there was something that it failed to produce for me and I'm not quite sure what that was. I know that it will get better and more interesting as time goes on, but at, at the time it's just not really a captivating premiere for, like I expect more from a premiere, but again, like that's just me being a picky asshole, so. Okay, that's fair. What about you, Samantha? Um, I want to say seven. I'll do the seven. Yeah, I, I was really impressed with it. Yeah, it, it seemed like every um, everything that I could have wanted in a summer murder mystery. Um, it gave me this false impression that they were like really good people, and uh, only like one one of them is. And it's just like, well, I don't know Tessie just yet, but she seems upstanding. So obviously a lot of loose ends right now, and we don't know much, but we do know quite a bit actually, just by looking in between the lines. So yeah, I was. I think seven's a pretty fair score. Okay, okay. What about you, Ava? What would you give it? I'm gonna give it a six, but plus one for Elliot Knight because he's a cutie. So it would make <laughs> it a seven. Yeah. We'll take the seven. That's fine. He gets the plus one. That's perfect. And uh, I have to agree with the ladies. I mean, oh, okay. I was watching it. Throw your and hands I... up. <laughs> whoop, whoop! Yes. I felt disconnected. Like I was like, okay, just uh, I wasn't paying attention. I was just watching it just because. Um, usually, pilots are hyped up, so it catches people's attention. So they turn in for tune in for episode two or three, whatever the next for the series, basically. But this one wasn't my thing. But I'm still gonna watch it. To see if it'll if it'll change my mind about it. Okay, that's fair. And what about you, Papi Chulo? 
what would you give it from the scale of one to ten silver bells? I enjoyed it. I'm gonna give it seven silver bells, but not the Canadian Jess style of silver bells, <laughs> where you, where her seven like, is like turns to five. Our currency is bad right <laughs> now. I'm sorry. I guess it's part of the exchange rate or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> exchange rate. That was confusing, but I give it a solid seven. I'm very easy, as I said, when it comes to summer. Excuse you. Whoa now. So for me, if it's entertaining, if it's got my attention, if it makes me want to see what happens next, you know, it, it makes me really praise it a, a bit more, you know, as far as summer series goes. So I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fun. I'm intrigued by the Hawthorns, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens next because we have to catch the Silver Bells killer nice okay and for me at first i was gonna give it a six roughly a seven but the the last part the last part just got me it got me hooked because it's like oh okay that just happened so i have to give it an eight i have to give it an eight because overall the episode I can understand it being a pilot episode so i can understand that they kind of try to throw in the beginning parts of everybody trying to throw out as much information as they can to give you an idea of where everybody's coming from so i can understand the overflow of information but what i did but i really did enjoy the final ending of the scenes where it's like oh okay the fact that malin takes you know the initiative to kill her husband is that what we're gonna call it Yes, I'm sticking with it because I like it. I thought it was wonderful. I really liked that they just literally just killed off somebody right from the get-go. And now I feel like the fact that it's starting now, I feel like it's just going to keep going and keep going. So I'm really, really hyped to see where they plan to take this. Oh, that neighbor is going to die. Maybe. But with that in mind, who do you think the Silver Bells killer is? quick predictions really fast quick predictions at the top of your head we'll start off with jess who would you think is the silver bell killer uh, it's shit <laughs> shit the smelly um, killer <laughs> allison allison okay got you well, bobby julo who wait you why think? now i'm curious intrigued why Ooh, okay oh i thought he said to be really quick well, the you know the person you pick, but you can explain a little bit in detail why you think Allison, or because if you just kind of feel like picking somebody, then that's fine too. She just seems like she has to have everything crafted in a certain way to serve herself. So, like on in on one hand, she is completely in like she's completely invested in being a mayor and a wife and a mother and, and and this perfect image of the perfect woman. But on the other hand, see, I think I trust Garrett's instincts more than my own. And the fact that he clearly seems to dislike her the most from what I picked up on and the fact that she is willing to kind of shove the whole, hey, our dad might be a serial killer thing. The fact that she's willing to just be like, hey, let's table that. That's not a real problem. Let's just be like Quicksilver and run as fast as we fucking can away from this situation. Cause I don't want to deal with it. Why don't you want to deal with it? Aren't you freaked out? Why do you have such a detached 
mentality towards this. It's almost like it's no big deal. Like, oh yeah, uh, someone in my bloodline could be a serial killer. I gotta go make sure my twins aren't writhing around on the floor right now. Hmm, okay. Ava, what do you think? Tessa is 27, right? Yes. She mm-hmm. said it. When the murders start? Back in 1999. 99, so that would make her 10? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, would it, she would be 10. Well, they said it was 14 years ago. Well, 14 years was the last. Was the yeah. last one. So right. she would so... have been 10. So roughly 16. So she would be roughly 11 years old when the first murders start. So if she's out us. of the equation. It's not her. Honestly, I don't know. I can't think of anyone. But if I have to pick, you know, Garrett seems to be the obvious choice because obviously he disappeared and then comes back 14 years later. He's very shady. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go with Garrett right for now because I, I, I'm still not sure. That's fair. So we got one point on Allison and one on Garrett. What about you, Papi Chilo? If you had to pick one, who do you think is the killer? So we're only doing one, or are we do it because it's the pilot? Do we get to pick? A I'll few? let it slide because it's the pilot. You can go in and add another one if you would like. Well, I have more than one, but um, <laughs> I'll say this: <laughs> by the end of the episode, I was very suspicious of uh, Cam, of Garrett, of uh, Mitch, and of Madeline. But Mitch died, so in my opinion, obviously he's not the killer because it's going to be someone who's alive because they got to catch the killer. (laughs) So at the end of the episode, because of what Madeline did, my initial thought was maybe it's her. You know, maybe she's the killer. It would be a female. You know, maybe we're not expecting it to be a female. So I'll say that Madeline was probably my final choice after viewing this episode although i kind of like the idea that maybe it was tessa because she's like the really really nice one and maybe she has like a split personality that's what i was gonna say too but if they don't start dropping hints at least in a few episodes that something's a little off about her then maybe she doesn't have a split personality but at the end of all that i'm just gonna say madeline because why not girl power Okay, so one on Allison, one on Madeline, and one on Garrett. Okay, Samantha, you have the floor. Who do you believe is a killer, or if you believe it's more, if you feel like it's multiple people, go ahead. All right, well, I had a list of five, now I'm down to three, because Ava was like, well, if Tessa's not old enough, then Jack's surely not old enough. I know, just he just creeped me out, but I, so he was on my list. Mitch died. <laughs> Yeah, I guess, I'm sorry. He like, was like a zygote, and he killed them all. Yeah, I know, like the killer name. zygote. Yeah, um, and then Mitch was on my list. Who's n- number one? But then he died, so I was like, yeah, okay, I feel bad for you now that you're dead. So I have three left. I have Madeline, who's the second one, Garrett, and Allison. But I'm kind of not leaning Madeline, against Madeline. Yeah, no, I, I was gonna say Madeline because I, I don't agree that Garrett is mostly tense with Allison. I think it's his mom. I think that that was really telling. She just kind of scowled at him and he didn't, re- you know, he returned the favor. So it's like, I, there's something there we don't, we're going to see very soon, I think. Allison's just kind of like annoying little preppy, like, oh, I need, I need to be perfect at everything. I need to have all control of everything in the world. So that, that just kind of like, Garrick, you know, she's annoying. I would find her annoying if that was me, right? So 
but yeah, and then Madeline just kind of killed her husband. So it's like, well, she doesn't want the truth getting out. She's the one harboring. She's the matriarch. She's the head of the household now. So now she has to, I guess, uh, curb the truth in any way she can. So I guess death will be something she uses more and more. So I think Madeline's probably the, like my number one. Okay. So two points on Madeline, one on Allison, and one on Garrett. If I had to pick one... Hmm. After viewing the episode, I'm going to have to go with Jess on this one. I think it's Allison. And the reason I think it's Allison is because when one of the few evidence that I felt that it could not really be Madeline was the fact that the father mentioned, well, that I have to tell them the truth. He didn't say we. He didn't mention anything in regard to... He, huh? did say, he did say we, actually. I heard I. Oh, did you? Oh. I heard I. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. No, I'm actually, I like would like to go back to it now. I could have sworn I heard I. So you could be right. It's probably, it may be we. But then again, I feel like Madeline being the type of person that she is, kind of making sure that everybody is okay. But kind of like I was mentioned where she was distant with Garrett for doing what he did for leaving i feel like she kind of just wanted to put mitch out of his misery to get him away from spilling out anything and as opposed to anything about her children or something ab about her child or somebody so i feel like she wanted to make sure that that person was safe depending on who it is and i feel like allison finding out information about what garrett had truly said to their father i felt like she wasn't really surprised i feel like she didn't give that type of reaction that i normally would have expected and i feel like and i thought it was just also a little strange that she decided to immediately dispose of tess's uh thought about their father being the potential killer and kind of dismissing cam's idea of it being garrett too i kind of feel like she kind of just wanted to put it away and not think about it not worry about it or anything like that but it's still it's barely the first episode still a little too soon to say anything so hopefully later on in the episodes they'll go ahead and explain a little bit further so i think we're all wrong i oh, think imagine, they better yeah, not i agree i think it's harper and violet this heart this better not put better pull this harper, harper and island violet. bull crap it was harper oh and violet God. Oh my god. You know I what don't... it reminds me of? What? This crappy movie called The Shortcut, where um like it goes back and forth between present time and in the past, and it basically shows the relationship between two brothers, and one of them is a serial killer, and one of them is like a, a normally functioning man, basically, and the serial killer's parents are very very protective of him and they instill in like the normally functioning brother like he is your responsibility you have to protect him because he needs somebody that will understand him and understand that these are impulses that he can't control and then in the present from the same family line like you have the same dynamic going on with another set of brothers so i wonder if like madeline is like, Madeline protected her children the first time it happened and, like, it went around. And then it's going to fall to... Oh, my goodness. Why can't I remember his name? The artist Garrett. brother. Oh, Cam? Cam? Cam. I wanted to call him Malcolm. That's completely wrong. 
I think <laughs> I think it's gonna fall to Pam the way it possibly fell to Madeline to protect her children. I think it's gonna fall to him to protect Jack. And I don't know whether or not he will be willing to accept that burden and throw, you know, what is good and right out of the window um, for at the expense of like protecting his son and making sure that, you know, the world never finds out that his child is this monster. Mm. Jess, go play with your five silver bells. <laughs> Someone's bitter. <laughs> and on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Silver Bells Murders. Visit poppychuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our our archives of previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for The Silver Bells Murders and subscribe. Please like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Help support Poppy Chulo Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychuloradio and email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or even concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talon at poppychuloradio.com. Co-hosts, wish the listeners a very great night. Good night, everyone. Good night, listeners. Silver Bells Killer, we will find you. Good night, everybody. Uh, Hopefully we didn't scare you too much, but uh, keep one eye open when you go to sleep. Good night, everybody. Hope you have a good one. Sweet dreams. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of The Silver Bells Murders. Have a great night, everyone. (laughs) 